1: Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
0: Shop now at DietzandWatson.com slash the right way.
1: That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And
0: this is Spilled Milk, the show where we...
1: (laughs) 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 what what happened Uh,
0: i almost said the show where you cook something delicious and then i was like it's not you it's us (laughs) the show where we cook something delicious eat it all and you can't have any
1: Uh, and today we are talking about tonic water
0: but first we want to say happy american thanksgiving for those who celebrate
1: yes because mm-hmm. uh, that's t- that's today it's if you're today. listening to the show that, if you're listening to the show today comes out <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh, River, River, oh. upside down foods. It's upside down brains.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, okay. If you're listening
1: to the show on the day the song "Today" by the Smashing Pumpkins <laughs> came out, you have a time machine.
0: <laughs> no, but really, if you're listening to this no, show now. today, that is November twenty third, twenty twenty three. Happy American Thanksgiving. Yes,
1: and if you're not, I hope you had a wonderful celebration. If if. <laughs> If indeed that was that was you. <laughs>
0: okay so anyway today we're talking about tonic water I I don't know why it just showed up on the agenda and (laughs) I like it so I said let's do it
1: yeah I think I put it on there because we recently had some gin and gins and tonics at Mm. our uh, at our corporate retreat
0: we did we did which was actually back in August Yeah, but it was so fun that I just keep replaying the memories and it feels like yesterday Mm -hmm. yeah anyway yeah we did have gin and tonics and they were delicious I otherwise hadn't had them in a very long time so bravo to you or to producer abby whoever suggested it
1: Uh, yeah i think it was producer abby so uh, why don't we go down uh, memory lane
0: okay so uh yeah gin and tonics i think they were one of the first mixed drinks that i ever liked Yeah, I think
1: I think maybe me, too. Um,
0: Yeah, Uh, I've never been a vodka and tonic person. I I don't I don't dislike vodka, Uh, but gin and tonic has has always had a place in my heart. I don't tend to order it much, but it's delicious. I like mine with a lot of lime. Me too. And then I do remember, so at a certain point, I discovered that I just really like tonic water, period. Like, I love the yeah. flavor of tonic water. I
1: had tonic water long before I ever had a gin and tonic. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I don't think I did. I think that I thought tonic water was going to be... Like scary, the way that I thought alcohol would taste scary yeah. when I was a kid.
1: I think so. I, I mean, it is bitter, like in a way other sodas are not, certainly. And I feel oh, like, it's so like good. teenager of the show, December, like had tonic water when they were little, and were like, no, this is this is too bitter. Like I don't like it. But yeah. then pretty quickly came around.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's also quite sweet, which which we'll talk yeah. about. I either on an airplane, I almost always get like seltzer water, mm-hmm. but if I want something with more flavor, I love to get tonic water. Oh on an yeah. Airplane. yeah!
1: So my memory lane, I also definitely had tonic water when I was a kid. I don't know in what context this would have been, but I think I always liked it. I was I'm a, I'm a non taster, and that probably has something to do with the fact that I've always been fine with bitter flavors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and. Honestly, I think maybe producer Abby introduced me to to gin and tonics. Like I I think – I'm sure I had one at some point before meeting producer Abby, but like – until fairly recently, I was, like, a very nervous cocktail orderer because I was afraid I would, like, order something, like, silly and the bartender would laugh at me or something they, they like, didn't have the stuff to make. And, like, I didn't really even know what I liked. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and it was great learning probably from Producer Abby. Like, you know, you can order a gin and tonic anywhere. You know, it has two ingredients, which they will definitely have, and it's always tasty.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Yeah. Really good advice. Okay, so let's talk about what tonic water is because I feel like I still don't really understand.
1: Okay, and uh, sh- should we start, like, pouring some or should we wait? I don't yeah. want to wait till the very end to taste it, although, of course, there will be a lot of burping as soon as so, we s- start drinking it. I mean,
0: I think I think for most people, when they picture tonic water, they probably picture, like, one of the, the sort of uh, big plastic – bottles yeah, with screw so cap, that, like a Canada Dry or Schweppes kind of thing. Because that is for
1: sure what I would have had as a kid. And it's not bad. Bless you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My headphones fell off. I had a cold last week, and I feel like I've still got like a post-nasal drip thing going on, and I'm sneezing.
1: Well, thanks for sharing.
0: Sorry, Matthew. I'm really sorry.
1: <laughs> so tonic water in its modern form is basically a lemon-lime soda, like a Sprite or a 7-Up, uh, but with the addition of quinine, which makes it bitter.
0: Now that you say lemon-lime soda, I keep I think of tonic water as having a little bit of a smell, the way that soda, mm-hmm. like uh, any kind of soda has a smell, but I'm not catching it, are you? No. Yeah, I think so. Now that you say lemon-lime soda... The first thing I get is like a uh, like a Seven Up flavor yeah. followed by bitterness,
1: and there's there may be more ingredients than that. And when we talk about the premium brand that we'll be trying several varieties of, we'll get into that. But so,
0: what is quinine though?
1: <laughs> okay, so quinine is what makes tonic water tonic water, and the original tonic water was literally just soda and quinine, and it is a compound found in the bark of the cinchona tree, which is native to the Andean forests of South America. And indigenous people in that area have used cinchona bark as a malaria treatment since prehistoric times.
0: Ah, okay. Okay. Okay,
1: and uh, cinchona is also known as the fever tree more on that later Okay, Uh, cinchona officinalis is the national tree of Peru and quinine was extracted and purified from cinchona bark in the mid 20th century so now I think in Dave Arnold's book Liquid Intelligence he has like a, a section where he talks about like ordering pure quinine from like a laboratory supply company and making his own tonic water we did not do that for the episode
0: so quinine so just to make sure I'm understanding Understanding this yeah. quinine is, is just basically a, a compound like a chemical compound that is naturally occurring in the bark of this yeah, like, tree barks
1: in general have long been like a potent source of both medicine and flavorings and like they're you know. There, there hasn't always been like a strong distinction between medicine and flavorings. Okay, but like a bark is where there are going to be a lot of compounds that the that like the tree is using like to protect itself from predators, but because of that, also have strong flavors and sometimes medicinal or poisonous qualities.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking of like uh, what is it, sarsaparilla? That it can be, yeah, poisonous? absolutely, yeah. So,
1: yeah. And like, you know, also all of these things like strong flavor, poison, medicine are all very related things chemically.
0: Okay, Is it still considered a good treatment for malaria?
1: In some cases. It's not it's not something that would be prescribed as like a first line treatment or preventative for for malaria now just because we have like other drugs with fewer side effects in cases where the malaria does not respond to those drugs because it's become drug resistant, then like clinicians will go back and. Say, let's try quinine.
0: Okay. Wow. Cool. Right. And so I have to imagine that you know, so somehow we white people went in there and uh, somehow got this stuff.
1: Right. How did this so, happen? Okay. So the history of tonic water as you might expect, is totally tied up with conquest and colonialism. So, you know, when uh, explorers, uh, you know, conquistadors reached reached South America, they were introduced to cinchona bark as a, as a malaria treatment. Tonic water, per se, originated in India among, uh, you know, British soldiers and colonists in the early 19th century when they were like, okay, we know we need to take quinine to prevent malaria or treat malaria. Quinine is in incredibly bitter and we don't want to take it like how do we make it palatable so they mixed it with soda water and sugar and gin was soon involved as well
0: and would they have with these british colonists in india would they be the ones who would have brought over the cinchona tree or the bark or the so or somehow it got from that's where i was trying
1: to figure out and like okay. i could not figure out exactly how it got so so my my guess is so it's more than a guess. So I think what happened is like, you know, as part of like, you know, post-Columbian trade, like, you know, malaria was a problem in, in Europe in the Middle Ages. Like it's it no ah, longer is, but okay. it, was, it was a serious problem. And so once conquerors went to South America, I was like, oh, there's a malaria treatment here. Like, you know, that, that started to be imported into England and then I think was probably brought um, by the British to India. Okay. I think.
0: Okay. Uh, And I see from Wikipedia that soldiers, I presume British soldiers in India, were already given a gin ration, so it would have been easy to make this, like, sweetened quinine concoction.
1: Yes, I was curious about the phrase gin ration. Like, do you think, like, like, you know, if you join, like, the army... Today, do you do get you a get, gin ration? Yeah, or or like, is it is it something more more like up to date, like like mezcal? Uh,
0: or maybe you know, maybe if you're at like some sort of, I don't know, maybe if you're based somewhere in the south, you get like a bourbon ration. Mm-hmm.
1: Or yeah, like maybe uh, you get
0: a rasher of bacon.
1: Maybe you get a rasher of bacon. Maybe if you're like in like a party army, you get like a Jagermeister ration. <laughs>
0: Army, What's a party army, Matthew? Well, you know, they
1: fight for their right to party. Oh,
0: Matthew. Oh. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even
1: know where the joke oh. was going until you
0: asked. Okay. So, Matthew, wait. We need to taste another tonic water we while do we're talking. We do need to taste
1: another. Let's, let's move on to uh, fever tree premium tonic water.
0: And now I understand why this is called fever tree because it's another word for cinchona tree, right? That's right. Does malaria cause a fever? Yep. Ah, oh, so would this have been like the the tree to combat your fever?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's more it's more like anti fever tree.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and so Fever Tree I've noticed has introduced multiple different tonic waters to the market.
1: Yeah, so I mean, let's start what's, with
0: what's this one?
1: Yeah, so so this is this is their original premium tonic water. I think it's called Indian tonic water in uh, in Europe, maybe. So Fever Tree is a premium brand of tonic water and other mixers that uh, is based in the UK. It was found. In 2004, it has become the largest soft drink company in the UK.
0: Wow. Okay, Matthew. I hold on. Can I give my impressions of this one, please? This one is fizzier than the last one, Mm -hmm. and the fizz hits like the tip of my tongue at the same time that I get the flavor, and it feels less. Um, lemon lime soda. E.
1: Yeah, I think they talk about using using bitter orange and other botanicals beyond just like lemon and lime oils.
0: Yeah, I feel like when I think back to the first one I tasted, um, I sort of got the like uh, sweet, almost like viscosity of a lemon lime soda right off the bat. But this one, there's something too, maybe about the bitter orange and whatever, but also I think the fizziness. Yeah, and I that think, makes it feel less sweet. I more think that crisp. is
1: partly partly that it's like actually like you know. More fizzy, like at the factory, but also like I got the first one we tasted was uh, Safeway Signature Select tonic water in like a liter plastic bottle, and I feel like these liter plastic bottles yeah. always like leak leak gas, so like like they're never gonna be as fizzy as you want. Yeah, but that's what I bought because I'm cheap.
0: Okay, so this one, this Fever Tree one, we're starting with the premium tonic water. Yeah, so
1: this is this is like their most their their original product, and okay. like I feel like I you know. I, I almost want to like be part of like a backlash because like this is everyone's favorite tonic water now and it's and it's relatively expensive but it's so good.
0: It's really good.
1: <laughs> and like like I said I'm totally fine with the with the Safeway or Canada Dry brand but this is much better. This, it's, it's more bitter It I is think. more
0: bitter. It's for sure like I'm aware of the bitter flavor lingering in my mouth after I swallow whereas I don't think that did with the Safeway. Yeah. Like signature. you want to roll
1: this around on your tongue and savor it. Mm. And you may you may be asking yourself if I had malaria could I drink tonic water and cure it? The answer is no. Okay. Uh, there isn't enough quinine in it to do that. That's um,
0: unfortunate.
1: So so you should go to a doctor rather than drinking soda.
0: Okay, good to know.
1: So probably won't hurt.
0: No, no. I mean it could probably just maybe distract you from how terrible you're feeling. It could feeling. distract you, yes. Okay, so I mean, I I think of gin as being like a British thing. Is tonic water, I mean, did it originate in in the UK?
1: Tonic water itself? Yeah. uh, It originated in in India among British soldiers. Oh,
0: that's right. Okay,
1: okay, sorry. So they got their gin ration, they got their quinine ration, they got soda water, I guess? Okay,
0: okay. And then the first, like, commercial tonic water.
1: Yeah, the first commercial tonic water was, was uh, in the UK. That was Pitt's aerated tonic water introduced in 1858. Okay, got um, it. And while I was researching this, I found too late to read the book that Kew Gardens, like the garden, uh, published a book about the history of tonic water in 2020. I mean, I, w- I would like to read it, but probably I won't because we're going to move on to a different topic next week. Okay.
0: Suites by Marriott.
1: Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay.
0: Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. This episode is brought to you by MasterClass.
1: MasterClass is the website that takes you from that thing you've always wanted to learn to learning that thing.
0: Well, and you can learn it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world.
1: Oh, come on. Really, the best in the world?
0: Yeah, like, remember I watched those videos with uh, with Steph Curry on, like, you know, how to have proper, like, basketball shooting form and That's stuff. That's right.
1: You And you have been sinking so many threes <laughs> since then. It's ridiculous. I
0: just can't stop.
1: Um. Okay, well, I took a class with Hans Zimmer, film composer. Maybe you've heard <laughs> of movies such as The Lion King. Mm. Maybe mm-hmm. you've heard of Gladiator. Yeah, Dark Knight, Dune. He did all of those, I loved, and Dune. now he's teaching me how to do it, like the art of making Has people he feel to things. This? To to teach me, yeah, yeah, because because I've got a masterclass
0: subscription. Oh, okay, all right. Well, you know, Matthew, I also hear that if you want to take a class, say from like Alice Waters or Thomas Keller or even like Yotam Orolengi, yeah. you can get essentially what are like private lessons. Now, granted, they're 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 on Masterclass. Yes. But private lessons he from
1: d- Right. doesn't come to your house, That's but right. virtually he does.
0: That's right. So Masterclass makes all of this possible, and you get unlimited access To the very world's best teachers.
1: And you will get 15% off an annual membership right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15.
0: Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15.
1: masterclass.com slash spilledmilk15.
0: I see that you have a little tidbit, uh, a little fact from about the show Fleabag. Here.
1: Yes. Okay. So according to Wikipedia, in the BBC and Amazon Prime television series Fleabag, Fleabag and The Priest enjoy canned G&Ts from Marks and Spencer. The store reported a 24% increase in sales after the episodes aired.
0: Love that. I loved The Priest.
1: Um, And I also learned that apparently if you want a uh, gin and tonic with both lemon and lime juice and are ordering your drink in England, you can ask for an Evans. And no one seems to know where this name came from, and it doesn't seem to go back further than the 21st century.
0: Hold on. Do you think that I would ask for an Evans gin and tonic?
1: So I... I I like read a blog post like by a bartender about exactly this and apparently either is fine. Like okay. if you just say an Evans like a cool bartender will know what you mean but if you say an, you can also say like an Evans gin and tonic.
0: And so this at most dates back like 25 years?
1: Or less. Yeah. Like maybe just to, like 2010. Interesting. But but no one knows why.
0: Okay. All right. So we're going to taste another fever tree. Okay. So what this is, is this
1: one, one that I have bought a couple times just when they were out of the original one. I feel like supply supply of like original fever tree like over the course of the Pandemic was kind of spotty, mm-hmm. and, but they often had this refreshingly light, which I was skeptical of. Oh God! Because,
0: I've looked at this and gone, I am not going to be one of those people who buys diet tonic water, right?
1: But I don't think that's what this is. It's not. I think it is. I think it is a less sweet tonic water. Okay, it it does not have artificial sweeteners. So, and I've gotten it a couple of times, and I thought it was good.
0: It's less bitter.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, it's not as good as the original. It's, it's not, not bad. as good.
0: It's not well. It it doesn't have as much flavor. I think if you're somebody who doesn't like bitter things, I think you would like this more. Yeah, this I is mean,
1: interesting. It's still yeah. I still think it's more more interesting overall than. It's really tasty. So also, um, it is. This is interesting. It's, I I don't really know what I okay. So I think this is designed as like a less flavorful version for people who are averse to the bitterness rather than like a low sugar version because it has exactly the same calorie count as oh, the original.
0: Ha- oh, that, so it's not light calorically.
1: That is what I am just now inferring.
0: This checks out. It does have a lighter flavor. Okay.
1: Yeah, this yeah, this is not bad. I would I would not pick it over the original if if the original was in stock.
0: Okay, I'm really glad to know what this is and I find the marketing of it perplexing.
1: It is perplexing. Because I think they also do have like a low sugar version, which I have not tried.
0: They also have, now that we're talking about it, I realize they have a product called like Mediterranean tonic water. You mean like have... this? Oh, okay. So I've what never is tried this, this one. one. I, I don't
1: know. I looked on their website and I, I... There was nothing on there that I found that said like, this is how this is different from the regular. I have so. purchased
0: this one, but because sometimes I like to keep these little bod- bottles of tonic water around as mm-hmm. a like a non-alcoholic drink.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love yeah. With a little stuff. squeeze of lime. It's great. Have you like compared the Mediterranean no. to the original? No.
0: Okay.
1: Oh, this has a much, Ooh, it's very, much stronger. It has like fragrance. an
0: elderflower fragrance. Yeah,
1: although they do have elderflower tonic water as okay. well. Okay. I feel like it has like a rosemary flavor.
0: I was going to say, I feel like it has like a rose flavor. It's floral to me somehow. I'm not
1: crazy about this one.
0: You know, it tastes like a drink of its own. Yeah, I I think think so. I think that if I were drinking, so if I were buying this just to have as a non alcoholic drink at home, I think I would like this a lot. This feels to me. Like, more than just tonic water.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. On the other hand, like, I think, like, you know, because I, I think it shares more of, like, like a, you know, botanical flavor with, like, a gin. So, I mm-hmm. think it might work well in a gin and tonic. I mean, I'm sure it would work well in a gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. Like, I would try it.
0: And are all of these, like, roughly the same in terms of, like, amount of sugar or?
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, can I read this nutrition label? Like, I have to i'm I'm at the age where I have to like take my glasses off and squint at it. That's so cute. so that this has fourteen point eight grams of sugar. This is what we usually do on this episode is we uh, we, we read love nutrition labels' to talk is about our favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, the original has sixteen grams of sugar. That's pretty similar,
0: okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. Well, gosh, that was really fun to taste these side by side.
1: Yeah, and th- there are other premium brands that have like jumped in on the oh, like now we can have premium tonic water. Now we can market premium tonic water. There's like the Q brand. That's um, right. Which uh, which I've tried, which I thought was okay, but not nearly as good as the Fever Tree. That was my feeling too. Um, so like, but I I would like to see more options in this space. So mm-hmm. so I'm not. Don't just feel like I'm shilling fever tree, which could sponsor the episode, but they're not.
0: That said, you know, I feel like any tonic water is better than no tonic water.
1: Yeah. No, like, like I, again, like I'm going to put this bottle of, of Safeway brand back in the fridge and I'm a hundred percent going to finish it, which I don't always do with stuff left over from spilled milk.
0: Do you have the rest of the four packs of these things? I'm going
1: to offer you. I was going to offer you some. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, apparently there's also tonic syrup and now that we are talking about it, I think I've ordered it before. Oh, wh- and I I didn't wind up using it or particularly liking it. Okay. You know, it, was, it felt like a sort of precious, like, apothecary kind of vibe Sure, for precious bars.
1: Yeah. I mean, Producer Abby put it on the agenda, and I was like, I, if I'd known in time, I, I probably would have ordered some of this or gone to our local apothecary. It's fine. But, but yeah, let's blame Producer Abby for
0: this. Let's do. Uh, Matthew, we have some spilled mail today from listener Carla. Good morning, host Matthew and host alter ego Molly McButter. Is that my alter ego? Uh,
1: I'm sure this is something we said on a previous okay. episode. Hang on, I want to drink this like mix. <laughs> <laughs> hmm,
0: not bad. Does it taste like any one more than the other?
1: Uh, oh, I, I just drank from the from the dump bucket here where we've been dumping out our our undrunk tonic water. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, actually. Like mm, like. Totally. Uh, I think maybe mixing tonic waters is going to become a new trend that we just started.
0: Mm. Okay, from listener Carla. Good morning, host Matthew and host alter ego Molly McButter. I'm making lunch as I listen to episode 614, Condiments on Tables. I'm sautéing some spinach that is about to go bad and reminded how much I absolutely detest the chore that is pulling the completely slimy, wilted spinach apart from the slightly wilted but still usable spinach.
1: Right there with you.
0: I buy fresh spinach often, which means this is a chore I have to do somewhat regularly, but I fucking loathe it. The feel, the smell, it makes me vow to stop buying fresh spinach entirely, but of course I keep buying it anyway. That
1: would show them.
0: Uh, What is the kitchen or food chore that you absolutely hate yet are unable to avoid? Oh, I love this. Okay. Okay. Number one, I want to sympathize. I think one of the most disgusting like uh, food smells, and I, I mean this, like I know that's a big statement, is the smell of greens that are going off. Yeah. Whether it's spinach, radish greens, or like salad, like uh like a salad mix. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Cilantro, the, like, oh.
1: like liquefying cilantro real bad. The
0: smell is horrendous and and the other thing is is like if one or two of the leaves are going bad it'll make the whole bag smell like it i i hate Mm -hmm. it it's disgusting
1: okay so for me number one emptying the dishwasher Would would
0: you say you fucking loathe it
1: i don't know if i'd go that far Okay, but it's it's my least favorite of like of the regular kitchen chores that i have to do yeah and, like, I don't know what it is about it exactly, because I don't mind doing the dishes and filling the dishwasher, but something about it, like, there's a lot of bending over, which which means a lot of groaning, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. it just feels like, it feels Sisyphean, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get that. I I don't feel that way right now, which is good, because that is good. we are at a stage of life where we are running the dishwasher oh, every yeah. day, mm-hmm. because we have a baby who is bottle-fed, And we cook multiple meals per day at home. Um,
1: Uh, One chore that I recently added to my, like, I'm trying to, like, establish as a habit. So, like, I put a little note by my work area to remind myself to do this is to clean out the crisper drawer. So, which is not one of my favorite jobs because... First of all, I'm going to encounter some some bad greens. Yeah. And then and like then I have to like, you know, scrub the bottom of it.
0: I think I only do that like twice a year.
1: I know. But like I want to I want to do better. Yeah. Um, and also like you know, not have it be a mix of like stuff we want to eat and stuff we're definitely not going to eat as I'm, often.
0: I'm pretty good at keeping the contents of it cleared out, but I mean, like right now, I can see on the floor of my fridge, like, like several under, inches of sludge under the crisper drawer. There's been some sort of spill.
1: Oh, oh yeah, ours
0: too. And and it's like dried, and I mean, it's contained. It's fine. But I just keep looking at it and then just closing the crisper <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing the exact
1: on. same thing and I didn't know what the spill was. I knocked over some some chipotles in adobo and like the sauce like ran down to the bottom of the fridge. And got it kind of dried up and it's very hard to remove.
0: So I find cleaning, like scrubbing the fridge, like cleaning the actual fridge to be very stressful. Uh huh. And the reason I think I find it stressful is that...
1: You're I, not supposed to keep the door open. Well, yeah.
0: I feel like I feel like I shouldn't have the door open this long. And so I feel like I'm having to like rush. And inevitably what's in there is, yeah, like caked on. And it's also like cold and hard and it's going to take a lot of scrubbing. And meanwhile, I am just wasting energy.
1: I feel like if we were the kind of people who could afford smart fridges, there would be a voice like telling us to stop. Stop doing. Oh, oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Big time. Okay, And uh, uh, something that I really dislike. Yeah. I really don't like grating cheese. I don't. Didn't we talk about this recently? We did. Yeah. We did. I don't like grating cheese. I don't like, you know, the kind of residue it leaves on your fingers. I feel like even if my hand still looks clean, I want to <laughs> wash it because it's going to smell bad. Uh-huh. I find graters easy to clean, but just annoying. Like if you don't put water on it right away, the cheese kind of starts to harden on there. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, uh,
0: I don't like cleaning up the cutting board after it's had grated cheese on it.
1: That, that I'm so glad you said that. Like I so I'm thinking about like things that I chop. So first of all, I'm not a big I don't really enjoy chopping garlic very much because mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like getting out of my fingers, but it sticks to the knife. And like there's no better way to get it off than just knock it off with your fingers. Yep. And I feel like I just chop and chop and chop and like I never know when to stop.
0: But you know what I do like is when you, if you are uh, like making minced garlic or garlic that you're almost turning into a paste. Mm-hmm. I love it when you add a little bit of kosher salt to it and then yeah, you go back to it satisfying. and it starts to give off all this water and then it doesn't stick to the the knife in the same way.
1: Yeah. And here's a related one that I'm going to be, I'm going to be facing like uh you know looking looking into the abyss at like right after this this taping which is I need to chop some cilantro to put into uh pico de gallo and cleaning the cilantro off the cutting board after chopping it like it's it's quite sticky as far as greens go and like I feel like there's no there's no way to do this that feels I just looking at that like cilantro detritus on the cutting board, I'm like, there's no way to deal I, with this. I just have to like move.
0: I only use fresh herbs, either if they like come in my CSA box or if I'm making some dish that calls for it and absolutely cannot do without it because a fresh herbs. Okay. This is another thing. I don't like working with fresh herbs. Like I don't want to pick. This is good.
1: This is like me admitting that I, that I'm not a big fruit fan. Like, you know, yeah. as, as food people, we're supposed to love fresh herbs. We're I, supposed to put them in everything. We're supposed to have an herb garden yes, on our windowsill. sill. I,
0: I hate it. I don't like rosemary in things. I do not like rosemary in things. I like a little bit of rosemary. I don't like stripping thyme off of the sprig. That drives me nuts.
1: So here's what I want from thyme. Okay. Like, I would love stripping thyme if it came in very discreet yes, that's right. sprigs with no branches. No branches. So, like, let's let's get some, like, you know, Franken-science on this, right?
0: And, and the, the branches, I mean, the stem needs to be strong. It's None of those, strong, like, like fresh, tender stems. Yeah. Uh, okay. Stems thing.
1: these days have gotten so weak, they all I, get participation trophies.
0: I also don't like uh, pulling all the leaves off of parsley in order to chop the leaves. Same thing with cilantro. Uh-huh. It is so tedious. Yeah. Yes. So
1: having said all that, I love fresh cilantro. I use it like multiple times a week. And like I, you know, I love it enough that I'm willing to deal with the detritus it leaves behind. Mm-hmm. And, and having to like clean the, the liquid cilantro out of the crisper drawer.
0: I will also say, OK, and this is not something that I absolutely hate, but I just have never the only kind of meat that I am like very not squeamish about is ground meat. Mm-hmm. When I'm making a dish with meat, like a whole like parts of an animal, I like just a, like a half a cow. Like a half a cow. I feel like uh, it is always the part of the recipe that I put off till the end, having to open up the plastic. Ooh, uh, the, that's an interesting question. Wrap over mm-hmm. the styrofoam tray yeah. that's holding the meat. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's fine. But it's just, it's like my least favorite part.
1: I'm I'm trying to think like what order I will do like the prep in. Like I feel like I'm pretty good about like getting my least favorite part out of the way first if Mm -hmm. I can. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me that that often is also like prepping the meat, but it's more because like – it's it's not because I'm squeamish about it, but it's more like like the the cleanup and like like making sure to like yeah. not rub meat juices on things. I think seems this is
0: I think this is it for me iffy. too. It feels like there's always like juice that's gonna run there's out, always juice, and I, it's gonna like dribble on the floor, or you have to wash your hands so many times. Yeah, I, I'm glad you clarified that because I don't think it's that I'm like icked out by touching the meat or anything like that i feel like it's like all, all the cleanup that it requires yeah. and the organization
1: i feel like our vegetarian listeners are listening to, like, listening to this and be like yeah, there is an alternative to this well
0: you know the interesting thing is matthew my now but wow this week okay actually uh is kind of like looking really like let's do pointing it. a finger at me So uh, my now but wow this week is an article uh, that ran in Eater by the novelist C Pam Zhang, uh, who you may know for the novel How Much of These Hills Is Gold, which came out in twenty twenty, or the brand new novel Land of Milk and Honey. Okay, she wrote a piece for Eater called Who's Afraid of a Spatchcocked Chicken.
1: I love the title,
0: and uh, and we'll link to it in the show notes. It's it's a quite short little essay, and wow, she goes straight for like the kind of thing we're just talking okay, about. Like she what? basically talks about like why are white people so squeamish about meat mm-hmm. <laughs> and also she has a really interesting sort of link she makes a really interesting point about language the way in which the english language goes to lengths to separate the animal from the thing we eat oh sure right so that you know we even like uh, the animal we tend to refer to using like Anglo-Saxon right. words, whereas the meat we tend to use these like Latinate, French related kind of words. right and and she she takes that even further in sort of thinking about the way in which we disconnect the body or sort of the the whole picture of the body and its needs and its sort of viscerality mm-hmm. from the experience of eating.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, this reminds me of uh, I've uh, f- like fun fact. This is like like a, you know, the epitome of like a fun fact um, that I'm sure I've shared on the show before that I learned f- fairly recently that the word rooster is like a, a, a relatively recent coinage in English, like, you know, going back to like the early 20th century, because the word for, for a, uh, a male chicken used to be roost cock. And ah. and it was purely that, like you know, puritanical, like like sure. Americans are like, we can't we can't have like ladies going around saying roost cock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yet cocktail has survived.
1: That's true. That's a good point. It's
0: interesting what what uses of cock we're willing to tolerate.
1: That is that is a good point. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, what
0: what uses of cock are you willing to tolerate?
1: Let's get into it. It's let's get serious. <laughs>
0: Good thing we've reached the End outro. Of the episode. <laughs> okay. Our producer is Abby Circatella.
1: And Molly has a newsletter called I've Got a Feeling that is terrific read, and it's available at mollyweisenberg.substack.com. I'm a subscriber, and you should, too.
0: Aw, thanks, Matthew. And Matthew has two bands, Twilight Diners and Early to the Airport.
1: Both of those bands are working on new music, but you can find us now on Spotify and Bandcamp and stuff.
0: And you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And uh, you can hang out with other Spilled Milk listeners and uh, talk about, uh, you know, what uh, what flavors, what, what are your what are your uh, least favorite kitchen chores uh, on Reddit at everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com.
0: Yeah, that was a great question. Thank you, listener Carla. Yeah.
1: And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk.
0: The show that's dripping juice and,
1: and, and uh, smearing
0: its leaves and sticking to your fingers. I'm Matthew mr burton <laughs> i'm Molly weisenberg i can't believe you let me get You're away right. with that one. no
1: i i, I take okay. it back <laughs> okay um no um... um wait so uh if you <laughs> <laughs> no this is going nowhere it's not gonna work <laughs>